0: Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy and romance and all of the fantastic places that they overlap. Mm, I'm here with my first cup of coffee, and it is delightful. It's a gorgeous morning here in Santa Fe. It is, thankfully, not smoky. There's a little bit of a smoke haze in the air, just barely, but the sun was the normal color coming up this morning. <laughs> Jesus, it's just such a riot, this grape festival on under the arbor here. Wow. It's like they have been just peeling these grapes. <laughs> I guess that's exactly what they're doing there, leaving the skins behind. And it is just little sticky grape skins everywhere you look. Mm. Even my little chair cushions. I did put up two of the chair cushions. I should have remembered to put up this one, too. Anyway, we got to, um... I need to get out here with the hose of the power washer is what I need to do. Um... What was I saying? Oh, we got to have the windows open all night. So that was wonderful. Okay, that guy's getting over water. It's the to move his dripper. There we go. <coughs> First time we've had the windows open all night. Pretty much since that the fire started. So that's been over a week. Because I didn't say it, did I? Today is Thursday august 27th my stepdad dave's birthday happy birthday you stepdad dave <laughs> i take a picture of this sort of detritus of grapes but i think uh, you guys don't need to see that but I could see now that the birds, you know, there were some clusters of grapes that had been hanging down. And I see the birds have gotten all of those. They must have. Um, oh, it's these tanagers, too. Or what I think are tanagers. I never looked them up. They must go and pluck the grapes and bring them to the table and then eat out the insides. But, yeah, the pretty much all the grapes are gone now. Yeah, well, our contribution to the migration, huh? Yeah, it's just such a relief to have that smoke out of the air. I think the fire's pretty much out. They had it um, largely contained yesterday. I think they'd gone up past 50% containment. And when we took our walk this morning, we could see that there was, um, there's not much smoke coming up out of it. So we have a little bit of smoke in the air from the Colorado fires, I think. But... um, Ah, So nice to have our clean air back again, and sun rose looking, it's normal yellow color and not the ruby red. It's um, one of our things here that we don't have much in the way of terrible weather, but fire season, (laughs) the fires really are uh, the worst thing. And it it was funny to deal with fire season at the end of August. You know, normally we have fire season in June, May and June, before the monsoon start. But then we didn't get much monsoon this year. So that's probably part of why we got these in August. I saw something, I was about to make my usual joke, good thing there's no such thing as global climate change, because, of course, there is. Um, Yeah. I just put my arm down in sticky grape skins. <laughs> Got to deal with this. Uh, I read something interesting the other day. Uh, it was just like a little fragment. I naturally did not go and read the full article because who would do such a thing? But they would said that, um, that the climate change deniers, when you press them, It's not that they disbelieve in the science or disbelieve in global climate change. It's just that they prioritize short-term game over that. Which we knew, but it was interesting to see it laid out. You know, and it's like, really, you fuckers? (laughs) Well, just all these guys can't see past being herd buck. That's all they want out of life can't imagine anything else. It's really kind of pitiful. All of you guys who aren't trying to be heard, buck all the time, I salute you because you are obviously not in that category. I really think that um, the guys who only care about being heard, buck aren't going to be listening to my little podcast. So I feel pretty safe (laughs) excoriating them. We can all excoriate them together. I wanted to talk a little bit more about the treadmill desk. Um, There's been some comments, which I haven't had a chance to uh, reply to them all yet, but I appreciate those of you who gave me feedback and comments on the podcast on Tuesday where I talked about my treadmill desk evangelism. Uh, And I kind of ran out of time because I spent so much time yammering on about other topics. (laughs) But the thing about the treadmill desk, which is true of all exercise, and it's the thing that gets everybody, is that it's very easy to do too much too soon. And this is uh, something that, you know, David and I have talked about many times and we've noted. There's, when people decide to stop being sedentary and to exercise it can be um that they overdo and it's easy to overdo because you don't feel it in the moment but you do feel it um like the next day and and often for succeeding days and so you have to do it gradually and build up to it. And I know a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, it's, it works fine for me not to have to build up to it. But the thing is, is if you don't build up to it, you do pay the price. You're just not always aware of it. And sometimes that price can be the growing dread. Your your body and your subconscious are telling you to stop doing it. And so you get a lot of dread. I remember um, a... F- a friend of mine who was like a book blogger and I think she was like a Twitter friend but I remember she had put out a plea saying um, that she had you know been following her workout routine for you know like two months and she said and that she still she wanted to know when she was gonna get this endorphin kick in that everybody talked about when was the exercise gonna start feeling really good to her and and I replied to her and I said, it's not what you want to hear, but it's not yet. I said, it took me, when I went from, and I had been in really bad shape, and when I got really good about exercising. And David and I built up slowly. We started with walking and you know, taking long walks and then building up to things like running and lifting weights and so forth. But, you know, I said it took me six months to a year before exercise started feeling like something that was a reward in itself. You just really have to stick with it. And so the thing about the treadmill desk, and I do, when people ask me for personal advice about starting with a treadmill desk, is that you really have to start with it gradually. And... I know, you know, a couple people mentioned that they get tired doing it or that they get dizzy and so forth. And, you know, I don't get the motion sickness thing, so I don't, I don't know if that's something that can be overcome or not. But I can tell you that you have to really treat the treadmill desk walking as a very different kind of exercise. Start out doing it in small increments and I warned a friend of mine about this who got one because she was very athletic. Um, she like rode with a, a crew in the mornings and she would like, you know, run a couple of miles to get there and row with the crew and then run home and she she'd been an athlete in college and all of this. And I said, You're gonna wanna take it slowly because you're you're gonna think that it's very easy for you to do a bunch of miles on the treadmill because you're walking at a slow pace and it's going to feel like not, you know, not a big deal. And I said, but start out slowly. Don't do too much at once and vary your speed. One thing I do is I vary my speed every 30 minutes because the thing about the treadmill desk is it's this very slow and repetitive walking and it's unlike any other exercise that you've done. Because even if you're accustomed to taking long walks or doing a lot of hiking, when you're walking out in the world, you vary a lot, right? You know, you're varying levels and you're varying your pace. Even if you're a runner, you still are, even if you've been running on the treadmill, it's it's more variable and it's a much faster speed, right, running? But if you do the walking on the treadmill desk? It's very slow, very methodical, and it's it's that more of that slow twitch muscle, right? And it's it's easy to <laughs> you know you're, it, it wears you out. It wears you out quickly, and I would say that it probably took me a couple of years before I built up real endurance for walking on the treadmill desk. so i want i want you guys to if you do start doing it that's the way to do it and um i think evergreen i don't remember exactly what you commented i read it like day before yesterday and i haven't replied yet but you said something about needing to that it was hard for you to simply stand and i think that's very true um i don't stand at my desk very often because i really can feel that um you know, like the blood pooling in my feet. You, it, it's better if you, if you're walking even very, very slowly. And yes, it's nice to be able to, you know, to sit and stand and go back and forth. <laughs> One of those tanager's who just came through and looked at me, like where are all the grapes? I think you guys ate all of the grapes. <laughs> Seriously. So so that's my advice. Um, Evergreen said something like that she wished that there was a chair that spanned the treadmill desk or treadmill. And and I agree that would be really nice if there was something like that. They their intention is, is that you um pull the treadmill out of the way. And, it, and they do move pretty easily, but it is kind of a pain in the ass. And I don't do it. That's why I have this big desk where I end up going and sitting on the side. So I leave the treadmill at the front, and then I have a chair around to the side of it. And that works pretty well for me. Um, things I have also done is I have put, like, a towel across the treadmill desk and put a chair on it or across the treadmill but I don't think it's very good for the belt and for the treadmill so yeah that would be a a great invention if one of you wants to make that it's like this sort of very wide-legged office chair that like pivots but that's big enough to straddle the treadmill desk maybe there's one out there we should look (laughs) surely someone has made something like this because that would be ideal although I like my sitting to the side and and I I really ended up developing this situation just with the pandemic because I was doing so many interviews online um, because I didn't get to do any of my actual events. And so I just changed the wall to the right of my desk to be kind of like the uh, I'll you know, have my big poster of the Fiery Crown there and show my trophies and stuff. And it's my backdrop for interviews. And, and I think it works pretty well for me to sit there. I'm I'm pretty happy with that. I think I've, I don't know if I mentioned it or not, one of my upcoming projects, and I don't know when I'm going to get to it, but I would like to get to this, is because my mom gave me that wonderful raven picture for my birthday. Um... That's part of it. But this has been a long time coming is that I want to take down all the work, all the art from all of my walls and sort of just lay it all out and rearrange all the things. rearrange all the things. I, I kind of need to rearrange my office too. And so I need to figure out what I'm going to do there. I've had my poster of a room with a view, On my office wall since I was in pretty much since college I remember getting that framed when I was in college I acquired it around the high school when the movie came out with Helena Bonham Carter and Julian Sands I still love that poster but I kind of feel like it's occupied enough wall space in my life at this point Oh no you know you just I think it's good to rotate out out rotate out what you're looking at um, sort of make it different focuses you know, one thing about being a writer is people always encourage you to have your book covers up on the walls. And and it seems like a gimme, you know, like, you know, you have your trophy room and having your book covers up is nice. But after a while, I kind of get tired of looking at my book covers. They're not, um, you know, if you think of the art that you look at as feeding your subconscious creative self, looking at book covers for stories that are completed don't necessarily feed that very well. It's, it feels like stuff that's just sort of done with, you know, so it's, it's nice to have the trophy, but it's not necessarily feeding what I'm working on now. So actually that's just helped convince me about quite a few things. I'm going to take down my book covers. Except for the ones that I need for, they're useful when I do interviews and, so forth, the online stuff, because I can point to them and say, Fiery Crown, this series, that series. But um, other than that, I don't necessarily need to be looking at my book covers. And I need to find um, something to put that Katrina doll on that my mom gave me for my birthday. Also, I would also like to paint some walls. So, as we can see, it's a big project, and it's not going to happen this weekend. Because Saturday, I need to clean the house and do laundry. Because Sunday, I am going to be in an all-day CEFWA meeting. The board is doing our strategic visioning and board meeting, and I need to be doing that all day Sunday. So, that will take up my weekend. Otherwise, I am rolling right along, working on... Uh, Dark Wizard. I didn't quite get 3,000 words yesterday. I ended up going back and layering in some things. On um, Tuesday afternoon, I met with my new beta readers group, and they gave me feedback on about the first 150 pages. And that was really productive. I think that this group's going to work out well. I just wanted some... Um, you know, general feedback on what was working and what wasn't, and they they had some ideas for things to clarify the magic system, and which was exactly what I wanted to make sure of. So I went back and just layered in a few of those things, and so it ended up taking me a bit more time, and but I am on track for my goal. Story seems to be writing pretty well. I'm having a lot of fun. I'm I'm gonna have to write an action fight scene today, which I'm not very excited to do, but so we go. So you know, so it goes. <laughs> I, I wish I liked writing fight scenes more. But there's definitely a moment where I need to increase the peril. And so that's what I will do. And let's see, do I have anything else to tell you guys? I don't think I do. I don't think I do. I had a dream about Agent Sarah last night, and she was in this very beautiful office building that looks nothing like her actual office building in New York City, which she's not in right now anyway. But she was giving me um, white calla lilies. And that's funny, since I found that white praying mantis on my birthday. I'm sure I'm getting a lot of white imagery lately. Figure out what all that means. I think that's a good omen. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go in and get on with my day. Uh, first cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. You'll find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye bye.